Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, you knuckleheads, if you want to get involved with this program, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, reactions, you can get them... uh, Get them in on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Now I got some good news for you, Arthur Motes. I had good news as well. So let me hear your good news first. There was some, uh, there was some talk on the show on Friday. Oh, that hey, you know this is the second straight Friday we're missing Motesy here. Hey. The, the, the Here We Go song ain't it, it doesn't quite hit the same without my hype man, right? Uh-huh. But you won last time though. But that was the you know there yeah. was some pointing out that uh you know hey. Motsi wasn't here last Friday. We won. And the Steelers Heck won. Yeah. He's not here this Friday. If the Steelers win, I was I, mean, I was low-key hoping. He might have to sit out. The, uh, <laughs> I was low-key hoping. I was like, look, this is a rally cry that I could get behind 100%. No more Fridays for Arthur Motsi. I'm just going to be supporting the movement, I can assure you. <laughs> I saw the rumblings. I was over here rooting like a, like a son of a gun. Like, come on, baby. I need a reason. I got the email fired up. It was it was. Respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, respectfully, Mr. Brian Lawrence. I put the Mr. on it. Did you, you know what I mean? To, to let uh-huh. him know like what time it was. Mr. Brian Law Martina, in light of the new findings, <laughs> I do feel like it is my responsibility to not just the company, but the organization. Ah. To sacrifice are, my employment and my participation on Fridays because of the direct correlation to us winning on Sundays. It was already dialed up, man. Sure, Unfortunately, sure. the Steelers did let me down in that regard. Yeah, good start. But, but they definitely tried hard, though. I, I was impressed. I, I definitely good left start. out of the stadium feeling a lot better than, you know, typically I would. Well, let me ask you this real quick, too. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cold were you yesterday? Oh, bro, it was brick, bro. It, it was yeah, like an eight, I, like a solid eight and a half. Uh, I would go with a nine just yeah. because, like, I felt like I still was a little chilly. Like, I, the problem was I was out on Saturday night. Or, sure. Because I had to call the JMU You were game. calling the JMU game. Go Dukes. Yep, go Dukes. And they win on Saturday. Seventh win of the season. Not even full 85 scholarship athletes. We just Love doing it. it. We it. just some young guns out here trying to figure it out, man. We just having a little fun with it. But it was a super cold and windy day that day. So I was still unthawing. Oh, that's the worst. It then came out here on Sunday and it was even cold. And I'm just like, oh yeah. my gosh. So yeah, it, it yeah. felt probably like it was flirting nine-ish. It might not have Ooh. been that cold, everybody else, but to me, I wasn't fully unthawed from You're the night before. Now. I still you, you got see, your I got hat my on. coat you on my hat. Like on. I'm still very on. cold right now, man. <laughs> It's the residual, yeah, or, or the, the accumulation of all these cold days back to back when you happen to be outside. I'm like, yo, can I just get inside by the fireplace with a nice blanket? Por favor. Por favor. 
Let's get right into it here. Might as well, right? Let's do it, man. Um, here's kind of my my initial reaction, and then I, I want to get yours. Uh, last week at this time, when the when the Steelers were able to beat the Saints at home, you and I came in here and we talked about how it was a it was a total team effort, right? Took all three sides of the ball to get that win. Offense, defense, special teams. Everybody had a hand in that pile. I'm thinking the same thing today, just kind of the opposite side of the equation. There's been a lot of people blame the offensive coordinator, blame the quarterback, blame the defense, blame the head coach, blame this, blame that, blame the fans who were there because they weren't rowdy enough, blame the (laughs) NFL for flexing the game out at 8 o'clock because the Steelers never lose in primetime at home and we would have found a way to win if it would have just stayed at 8.15. Total team loss to me. The team had a lead at halftime and the team lost that lead and and got outplayed and and got out-adjusted in the second half. A lot of people, they want to just blame the defense for giving up the points. They want to just blame the offense for squandering some of those short field opportunities that the defense did give them. They want to just blame the coaching staff for what they think is is, is not a good enough job. To me, Motsi, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, there's, there's no singling out. Just like there was no singular hero last week, it was a team effort to win against the Saints I thought it was kind of a collective shortcoming to to lose to the Bengals yesterday. Yeah, see, this is why I love the fact that I'm always, like, not in tune with everyone and their feelings. <laughs> and I'm kind of, like, you on my own island. You do a good job island. of staying off of social media. Yeah, I need to be better yeah, at that. Yeah, 100% on my own island. Because for me, man, yeah, they lost. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I feel better coming out of this game than I did the New Orleans Saints game. I think that quarterback-wise, Kenny showed a lot more progress. I thought Matt Canada caught a heck of a game. First half was great. Scheming up some things. I thought offensively in the first half, they showed a lot of promise. I thought defensively – we did some positive things as well. I thought it was good to see TJ, Alex Highsmith, both being able to win one-on-ones and um, cause some type of um, disruption for Joe Burrow. It was good to see uh, the secondary at times. They were always in position. The finish wasn't as good as we would have liked it to have been, very similar to the Eagles game. It wasn't guys necessarily running wide open. It was just guys dunking on players, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Arthur Milet, that's my partner right there, but he was the one that, you know, him and Levi Wallace kind of were losing a lot of those 50-50 balls and stuff like that. But as a whole, I thought that this team did some positive stuff. To me, I just looked at this Bengals team, and I said, man, they are who we want to be in two years. Mm. Look at Joe Burrow versus Kenny Pickett. Both played well, but Joe Burrow took the next step, right? And that showed late in the game. When you talk about our uh, offensive line, you look at Dan Moore and Chooks for late in the game. What started to happen? You started to get Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson winning consistently, and they could not adjust. And in contrast, you look at the Bengals tackles, Jonah Williams and Leo Collins. What did they do? As the game progressed, they started to get a little bit better. Also, you look at the coordinators, Matt Canada, first half, man, willing and dealing, right? Second half, not able to make the necessary adjustments when the Bengals said, we're going to make you play us a certain way. We're going to make you have to protect. We're going to make you have to help out your tackles. Matt Canada did not make that adjustment fast enough, along with the execution not being as good as it could have been. And on the flip side, you look at the Bengals. We started pressuring, right? And we were getting a lot of pressure. So what did they do? They're going to go empty or they're going to make sure it was a C-gap area player to either chip Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt, and they were going to start winning with their routes. So what they did, they space you out and make you have to go one-on-one. And they knew what? Our defense doesn't travel corners. So when you line T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd in the slot, you're guaranteed to get Arthur Milet, Terrell Edmonds, or you're going to get a linebacker. So what did they do? 
That second half, you saw T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd schemed up consistently right there. All that to me is saying that, hey, their coordinator was further along in his progression of, I know what they're going to do. This is the answer to that. When they bring all this pressure, bring this guy in the slot right here. Yeah. Because if they blitz this guy, it's a win right now. And if they don't blitz this guy, well, we like this matchup right here right now. That was their answer. I'm not saying that Matt Canada can't get there because we saw in the first half how great of a situation that was with some of the calls that were called. Granted, they didn't all turn into touchdowns. We can critique the throw by Kenny Pickett and the trip in the end zone by George Pickens and say, hey, who we want to – is George Pickens a better athlete? He can make that adjustment. Should Kenny put the ball on the front side? But either way, it was wide open. That's scheme. Mm-hmm. So when we're asking, when you're talking to me and I'm saying why I'm optimistic, we couldn't always point to guys being schemed open. It was multiple times where guys were schemed open and Kenny just missed or he didn't see it or it was a drop. Mm -hmm. You know, those are some of these things things happened. Certainly. But but when you're asking why would I be optimistic? Because we weren't getting this consistently enough. And now we did. But we ran into a team that is just further along in their progression. Defensively, they're just a little bit further along. T.J. Watt and Alex Hansen down the stretch. Started to not have those type of impact plays that we would see Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have. Part of that, like I said, offensively, they made an adjustment. We didn't. But towards the end of the game, where did we start to feel? It wasn't a lot of time for Kennedy to just drop back and just sit back there. No, not at all. And we could isolate and say, well, hey, man, this wasn't a full encompassing. This is just a bad matchup right here. We started to see Dan Moore at the end. It was like, man, he's just not winning enough right here. Very similar to how we can highlight Arthur Mollett and Levi Wallace. So, when I ask, like when you ask me how do I feel about this game, I'm like, man, I personally feel like we took a huge step in the right direction, not just for this year, but even next season, because the Cincinnati Bengals didn't just go to the Super Bowl. It took them two years if we're being real about it, right? That first year, Joe Burrow, he obviously gets hurt towards the end. But that second year, we said they got hot in the playoffs. They didn't necessarily get hot weeks one through ten. No, they were middle of the pack weeks one through ten. They got hot at the last little bit, November, December, and then the postseason. That's how they went to the Super Bowl. But these two teams that we just saw yesterday are not far off from each other. And that was why for three quarters it was what it was. Mm -hmm. And the difference was our third quarter, we went 0 for 4 on third downs, and we obviously had a fourth down that we couldn't complete. And then for them, they were able to capitalize. We gave our offense a short field. We had to settle for a field goal. They were able to get touchdowns off of those things, and that was where the difference happened in the second half. Well said. But to yeah. come in here and act as if we're going to turn our nose up at what we saw yesterday, like, come on, man. We know what we were watching in September. We know what it looked like in October. That yesterday was nowhere near that. It was not, and I – that is well said by you. It's tough. Listen, I get it. I, I know a lot of our listeners right now, they don't want the sunshine and rainbows, right? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. We can sit here. We can evaluate what's not good enough and where the shortcomings of, of this roster and, and everything are. Uh, but at the same time, I think you're right, too. Like, there there has been progress. Uh, I think tangible progress. and Substantial progress. For the same people that holler about Fire Mac Canada – Show me a reason. Stop giving me the same over and over when I'm pointing to you and showing you all the different things that he has improved upon. Because now it turns into, are you just being a hater? Because you can point to very vivid, open concepts consistently yesterday. Even in that second half that was very bad 
across the board for our offense, there were still some very schemed oh, open there absolutely stuff were. where Kenny just missed. Or when Kenny didn't miss, Dan Moore was getting beat. It or was that going on. Dro- was, or was, you had, had the, drop. the case of the drops, yeah. So, once again, it's like we can holler fire, uh, fire Canada, fire Canada all we want, but what is the purpose of us hollering that? Because we saw tangible improvement once again. This is multiple weeks in a row now of these improvements that we talked about. Kenny Pickett, was he perfect? No, he has some misses, absolutely. But we could also point to some of the things that we've talked about challenging him on one. We said no turnovers, right? Two straight weeks now. Okay. What did we also say? Man, I want to see you not just throw the back shoulder on the deep ball. Show me that you can actually stretch the field. Did we get that? A couple nice ones to pick Okay. Pickens, yeah. Okay. What about what about when we said some of these throws, you just got to make an NFL throw. It's, it's NFL open. You just got to put that ball in a tight window. And we said he wasn't even attempting those throws. Yesterday, we saw him actually attempt them. He didn't complete them, but we definitely saw him attempting him. Mm-hmm. So those are three tangible things that we can point to when we're talking about growth, development, improvement from the player and from the coordinator. So don't come – like, that's my whole no, thing. It's like, I, yeah, I, I man, hear you. I do. It's not a doom and gloom. Because if we want to do doom and gloom, like, we still have to acknowledge the positivity. This is not a doom and gloom situation right now, though. It's no. definitely not. This is a development situation. That, that, yes. But you have to actually acknowledge the development. And that's the thing that I like to lean in, you know? Our buddy Cuban Dayon says, everything Moach just said is the absolute truth. How about you? I mean, oh, no, I appreciate star you, of the show, baby. Nah, I, man, you know, I just had that on. I, I, I was totally just confused, man, when you came in with that energy, man. You was like, yo, people, I'm like, dang. Oh, they, maybe well, they are. Listen, I'm guilty of this. A you lot know, of times, I, a lot of times, man. I think social media is is the pulse of the fan base when it's it's, it's, just, it's I mean, a portion of it. It's a portion of it. It absolutely, it absolutely. Think is. about a pie chart. It's a portion of it. But it's also too, as as you and I have, you know, laid out here many times, and we're guilty of this as well too. People yeah. just like to complain more than they like yes. to celebrate. Very true. Um, and social media is a huge vacuum for that. Yes. Yeah. When when the Steelers are playing well, there's the praise on social media. Mm-hmm. There certainly is. But the criticism is much louder when when they aren't playing well or when there's some shortcomings. Yeah, and I do. I understand some of the frustration of. I think what bo- what what bothers a lot of people, and we'll just stick with with what you were talking about there yeah. with the offense with Matt Canada with, with some of the, the the things that's transpired. I think particularly in the second half yesterday because tough to pick apart that first half. A, lo- a lot of good there in that first mm-hmm. half certainly. Is some of the what's the word I'm looking for? What they might label as. Um, you know, gimmicky or predictable play calls. Okay. Like the flea flicker after the big game, like mm-hmm. some of the jet sweeps, right? Um, and I, I understand, like, like the the classic one thing that that you know feels like it, and you hear Cincinnati players talking about this after the game has become very predictable. Is the Steelers get nothing on first down. Mm-hmm. Here comes here comes the second and ten run into the A gap. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I understand why that frustrates some of some of the fans. I certainly do. I also know though, I'm sure as as, as you could lay down and you I mean you could probably spend twenty minutes talking about this if you wanted to. It's not just always that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. From a game plan standpoint, there's things that you're trying to accomplish. It's it's you know, Yesterday, right? It's it's third and twenty five at one point, and the mm-hmm. Steelers run the draw pre- draw play. And people are upset, and everyone in the crowd's booing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, listen, on that one, 
I'm not, I'm not crushing the play call there. It's third and 25. What do you want Kenny to drop back for five seconds and stand in the pocket and throw a 40-yard pass yes, downfield? Yes, you know why? Because they played on Madden, and they did it in high school. <laughs> and they swear it's that simple. Exa- ex- exactly. You're not supposed to point on fourth and down. You just go for it on fourth down. While I didn't love the flea flicker call, mm-hmm. I also know that's one of those things. You and I have discussed this over the year. Mm-hmm. That works. You're a genius. Yep. It doesn't work. You're the dumbest guy in the building. Absolutely. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. So think about this. People hate the jet sweep, and that's one of our success, most successful plays. Consistently. You look at it the past two years, even when you look at it this year, every time he runs that call, it's about 80 to 90% success rate on the jet sweep. As much as people hate it, it's one of the most successful running plays that we have. So once again, are you upset for the simple sake of being upset? Because you can't be upset when you're talking about a productive play. Like, we're really complaining about a productive play just because of the style of it. Mm. That'd be like you picking up five yards on a quarterback scramble, and we don't like it because we didn't pick it up five yards with it being Najee Harris. Should have handed it off to Naj instead. It's like, bro, you're picking up positive yardage. For every one that has gotten tackled in the backfield, I can point to five where they've picked up at least five to ten yards on these jet sweeps, whether it's George Pickens, whether it's Chase Claypool when he was doing it, Steven Sims, Gunnar Olszewski. We can go down the list. That's one of the most successful run plays we have. So even when I hear that criticism, it's like, I don't think you're channeling this the right way. But Yeah, like like Frankie Z tweets and mm-hmm. says, thought Canada called a great first half. Second half play calling, you know, left me frustrated. The flea flicker, the second and long predictable runs. But no, let's talk about it. So this is the thing. First off, expectations. Every play is not designed to be a touchdown play. Every play is not designed to be a home run it's play. Not? Every play is not designed to be a first down Wait, play. You're not dialing up the touchdown play? No. 60-some times a game? No. It's kind of like if you were watching a boxing match. Did Muhammad Ali go for a knockout every punch he threw in the first round? You know what? That's that's the best example of this. That's I'm, 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 I'm going to steal that at points going forward and just, just mind your business. No, you're yeah. right. That's what it is. Mike, you don't set Mike up. Tyson <laughs> knocked a lot of dudes out until he fought. But he wasn't but, do, until he fought <laughs> Lennox Lewis, and it was like, bro, you're not knocking Lennox Lewis out in the first round. You're not knocking Evander Holyfield out in the first round. You're not knocking Buster Douglas out in the first round. You might knock some of them other dudes out, but when it gets to a quality of equal match or even slightly better, you're not doing that. You have to set up that. So when you talk about some of these boring-looking run plays or these boring-looking pass concepts. You know why he's running it? Because he's trying to set up something later on. But if I don't show you the same thing three, four times to the point where it does seem very predictable, very boring, very mundane, then how am I going to get your eyes trained to keep seeing that? And now when I give you the play action, I give you the fake off of that, and I give you that dagger deep, you're not going to believe it if you haven't seen it enough. That is the purpose of some of these plays. So when we see the rope dope, right? So when we see the play action pass where they keep waggling to the flat, right? You got uh, they'll go Najee or Warren three to five yards. You have uh, Pat Fryer move about five to seven, yep. and then you got the deep <laughs> crosser coming from the backside. Yep. Deontay or Pickens, right? They'll run that, run that, run that, and then you get the touchdown pass that he threw to George Pickens, where it's to the front side, play action pass off of that. But instead of it being the triple, the, the regular vertical, he bursts inside vertical and then comes right back out to the uh, and, corner pylon. And you want to talk about being open. Like, come on, man. Hey, but hey, but George, Pickens, that. George Pickens was <laughs> Jordan Addison open right. on that play. But you're not getting that if you don't run the same boring look three, four times ahead of that to get them saying what? I know what this is because we've seen this three, four times today. That is the purpose of some of these plays. 
sorry for sounding annoyed, but I do get no. annoyed. <laughs> I love the I love the passion. I love that's the fire. Part of it because every play is not designed to be a home run. And it's the same way we critique Najee and we say, hey, sometimes you got to just put your head down and pick up two to three yards instead of trying to dance around and score every single time. It's the exact same concept when you're talking about some of these play calls. It's the same reason why defenses don't blitz every play. Yes, we know you want to speed quarterbacks up and make them play faster. Yeah, but if I blitz you every single time, you're going to pick up on that. You're going to make a read on that, and now you're going to find ways to combat that. But if I'm disguising it, sometimes I'm playing coverage. Sometimes I blitz. Sometimes I show blitz, but I don't blitz. Sometimes I don't show blitz, and I do blitz. Now it's just so much that you got to worry about. Now you're overthinking, and then that's when I catch you. That's when I make the play. But I can't just come out here and try to do that from the beginning of this thing without setting it up because now you're just being reckless. And at this level, the guys are too good to just be reckless. Sure, sure. You can't do that. And that's why we always laugh, like, when you hear, even when it was Calvin Austin, right? And they were like, hey, man, he doesn't have to know the playbook. Just put him out there. He can run faster than everybody else. At high school, yeah. College, sure. At certain levels of college, sure. Not at this level, man. No. It's too much details, too much skill. Like, that's not how this level works. Everybody's fast. Everybody's good. The details are what matters. The adjustments are what matter. And when you talk about the difference of these teams, they're a little bit more veteran in those positions. They're a little bit more... War uh, tested, battle oh, tested. Yeah. It's it's a very similar group that like, was in the Super Joe Bowl Burrow last year. Joe is still young, but he's been on a run. He's been to a Super Bowl. That is battle tested. He's had adversity. Kenny Pickett is learning. He's going through his adversity. Seventh game played yesterday. Think about that. And not even a full seven because we know he had right. a half. He came in and a half and one, and then he, got, he got hurt. And so, half, yeah. so once again, once again, we're having these super hard convicted uh, evaluations on this player after six games, seven games. And we're trying to compare him to a quarterback that's already taken a team to a Super Bowl, already proven that he is a legitimate franchise quarterback. Expectations. And that's why at times people are a little bit more critical of a Kenny Pickett, and I get it, because you want the hope. You want to feel like you got one of those top five sure, dudes. Sure, But there's a reason why those top five dudes are the top five dudes, and typically we don't rotate them out, right? We say the same couple of names yep. every couple of years, right? Mahomes. Allen, Herbert, Rodgers, and Brady were there forever. They might not be right no, no, now, but, but they were there but, forever. And before yeah. Rodgers and Brady, it was what? Rodgers, Brady, Manning, Ben. It was the same names, right? Drew Brees. Rivers. Yep. It wasn't like we were constantly naming new guys. Right. So for us, yes, we are partially arrogant in the sense that we feel that, hey, we go from one Hall of Fame quarter, we're going to just, hey, lighten the butter, we got another one. Nah. It's not realistic. It was always going to be realistic. difficult for Absolutely. whoever the guy was it's to replace then because the expectations are so high from yeah. the last 18 years. It's not realistic. And that's the thing. To me, when I look at Kenny yesterday, I'm like, man, that was probably the best game I've ever seen him play professionally. I think so. And that's even with him having misses, even with him at times having a bad read, even at times a throw being behind. I still thought he played one of his best games professionally, man. Oh, I did too. But you have to understand the expectations. If you're looking at him and expecting him to be Ben Roethlisberger, you're always going to feel like he's coming up short. But I don't control expectations, so that's to each and every person. No, Y'all got their own thing. But to you're me, absolutely right. It's just a difference of, of opinion. It's like I don't view him on that level. So when I see what he's doing, <laughs> I'm loving what he's doing because I know exactly where he's progressing to and where he's going you can win with. Have you seen the Minnesota Vikings? Have you seen the Tennessee Titans? In terms of Ryan Tannehill and in terms of Kirk Cousins, those are quality quarterbacks that are really good, not great, not elite, but they win. You can win with those guys. And that's all I'm saying. When you look at our roster, we are building it up perfectly to have the same type of situation. Running game, dominant receivers, elite defense, quarterback that can make plays and not get you killed. Now, will he develop into a franchise guy? Hopefully so. 
But even if he doesn't, because the odds of that are drastically not in his favor. There are still very, very (laughs) capable quarterbacks that he can reach that, to me, are still really good and you can still win with in this league. I agree. And as you and I have outlined many times leading up to and at the start of the Kenny Pickett era here in Pittsburgh, you were never going to know the answer to that question after this season anyways. Not at all. Because Josh Allen was a bust after his rookie year and Baker Mayfield was the next great thing. And look at where those two are right now. <laughs> uh, you're 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 absolutely right. That's well said by you. The expectations certainly. And hey, maybe we all like you and I probably had a hand to play in this too, along with everybody, right? We were talking about how Najee Harris looked in OTAs yeah. and, and leading up to the start of the season, and how you revamped the offensive line, and this team's going to be able to run the football. We were making jokes about. Hey, you know, it's probably worth. Why don't you throw twenty dollars on George Pickens to win Rookie of the Year? Yeah. I mean, look at this boy out here balling. And has any of that been wrong? Najee's been hurt. Najee's has been George hurt. Pickens not looked the part when he's been healthy and when he's been out there? He has. But, again, I think within reasonable expectations he has. I think there were a okay. lot of people that thought George Pickens is going to put up, well, look what Jamar Chase did as a rookie last year. Look what Justin Jefferson did as a rookie the year now, before. Has, I'm not saying you and I. But no, 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 but, no, no. But even with that, you're saying that as if that is still not accurate. Has it been from George Pickens not being that type of player, or has it been from – the scheme along with the quarterback play not targeting him because we talked about how early on he was not getting targeted early on they weren't scheming up stuff to have him be more featured it was the we're gonna go clay pull on the perimeter back shoulder and we're gonna go jet sweeps we're gonna stop routes right and that was the critique that was the criticism until these past three weeks where we really started to see them feature george pickens a little bit more so i don't think that any of that was wrong and even with those two things, you bring it up, Najee, you bring it up, George Pickens. That has zero to do with the Kenny Pickett expectation. Well, that too. His expectations were through the roof. No, but once again, Kenny's expectations were different than George Pickens. George Pickens is as good as advertised. You don't think what we saw yesterday is still showing with the bad plays from him that he's an elite receiver, that he can be that type of guy? I think he can be an elite yeah. receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I don't think with Kenny, I just feel like it was more of the – it was more hype train. Well, he played a pit. He was a Heisman finalist. That's he had an incredible train. senior it's year. Train. Yeah. It's 93. It's, it's the 87 Petroleum. It's, it's gas. Whereas when we talk about Pickens, there was never none of that because we could all see that. Well, it started started day one in training yeah. camp with him, too. We never felt like that with Kenny. We would say that with Kenny. We was like, man. Well, I, think some, make, I think some people did. We would both. Because remember, he's so NFL no, ready. No, 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 no. The football players, the people like us that would actually watch this stuff, what would we say? Mitch can make the exact same throw that Kenny makes. Mitch going to get booed. They're going to go crazy for Kenny. That's Mason not... was making better throws so, than so, both of them to so start once again, yeah, that's fabricated. No, you're right. You're it was right. nothing about that that was valid. Whereas when we talked about George Pickens, oh, we would day we said, one, who he was, was putting on this a, guy? Putting on a show yeah. day one. So laughing at Levi Wallace. Right. Laughing so at Akella Witherspoon. Laughing at Cam Laughing Sutton. at Mika Fitzpatrick. Remember that? So that's why for me... I still look at George Pickens, and I'm like, I don't think that we're off with that because I no. do think that he's up that level. But I think the people that put the expectation on Kenny Pickett did it because of what you said, him playing at Pitt, him being the quarterback, and them just loving him. And they set him up for failure, which how many times do we both talk about Ooh. that as well? well? When you combine all that stuff yeah. with following the 18-year Hall of Fame quarterback, mm-hmm. it's a tough situation. And I know too, like, like, there's a lot of – you know, the the people like me yeah. who who love the Steelers, but they like their team on Saturday oh, a, a, hey a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. There's some Pitt fans like that. 
And I think a lot of them wanted Kenny Pickett to go somewhere else. Mm. A lot of I hope he was I hope he ended up in Carolina. I hope he ended up in New yeah. Orleans because they didn't want him to have all this follow Ben Roethlisberger and be the guy who just did, tough, you know man. led Pitt to their best season in 40 years and yeah. was a Heisman Trophy finalist because it's tough. It's ooh, it's a lot to chew on. It oh, certainly thanks. is. But I it, it, what it comes back to me, you know, is I I think some of those expectations did run a little wild, particularly mm-hmm. to start the season. I think now it's swung the other way, where people just want to see the improvement and the development. And yeah, obviously you you want to see you want to see wins more so than losses. I mean, this is Pittsburgh. The standard is the standard. No losing season since two thousand and three. Uh, best win percentage in the National Football League. You know, in the last twenty five years or whatever the statistic is that I saw CBS throwing around yesterday. I, I do think that there's reasons to be encouraged in that regard. Uh, another thing, though, like you and I always say, though, progress isn't linear, right? Yeah. It's not always a step forward, a step mm-hmm. forward, a step forward, a step forward. Maybe you took, you know, three steps forward in that first half, and you took a step or two back in the second half. But that, I think, is all part of these, if you want to call them growing pains, for a young offense that is, you know, trying to chart its identity and, and really figure out what they do well and yeah, see, I be thinking, how they come I together. I think we got different perspectives. Like, even the connotation of taking a step back in the second half, I'm like, I don't feel like it was a step back. I think it was just the difference of their two steps of where we're trying to get to. So you think more so for Cincinnati, it was they didn't play that well in the first half, and then they then yeah. they figured it out. You watch the O-line and D-line cool. in the first half versus the second half, and you cool. tell me, <laughs> you tell me the difference. They controlled the line of scrimmage in that second half, oh, offensively they, they, and they defensively. Did. So when we talk about some of the differences, it's like their players, when That's it got point. to crunch time, they look like they've been in those situations before. Whereas our players, they all didn't play like they've been in them situations before. They look like they're learning how to play in them situations. And as a player who's been a part of a transition, we're – you come here in 2014 after two eight and eight seasons, 12 and 13, and we started to figure it out. But it wasn't perfect then. It wasn't even perfect in 15. It really started to click in 16, and we were firing on all cylinders in 17 until the injuries. So you see, it's a process. Yeah. Now, for those of you that don't want to take that context into you know your equation, and you just want to. Have win. these raw emotions where there is no context. Are I, mean, I just want to win? Hey, I'm not talking to those people. That's for y'all to get it on. Then you know, I talk to the people that do care about context because, yeah, you love context. I'm with you though. It's important. It's very important, particularly in these conversations. How are we going to sit here and talk about for 31 minutes to open the show football mm-hmm. without context? But at the same time, how many fans want that though? I mean, our fans well, act like they don't. No, no, no. A good amount still no, do I think, want it. Like, I think we've they carved out a nice it. listener yes. group here who wants yes. that. Yes, and there are people. There's a good amount of people that do want that, but not everybody wants that. And that's all we're saying. And it's they're like, usually not as vocal as the yeah. people who are. Right. It's third and 25. Why no, aren't correct. you running the 26-yard play? Those are the ones that are more vocal, whereas the ones that do value the context, <laughs> right. they're right. like, bro, I know why. Because you're trying to minimize the exposure of negativity for this dude. Play the field position game. Go ahead, drop this pass off, get a couple of yards, punt the ball off, play defense. It's smart football. That's what you do at this level. We're going to take a break. 
We got a bunch of tweets here, I'm sure, as you can all imagine. We did. We got tweets. Some tweets are rolling in, Man, I would have never thought we was going to get some tweets today. We will get to your reaction when we return on the other side, as a famous NFL coach says from time to time when we return. Time's yours. We'll get to your tweets, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions on the other side. About a half an hour from now, Chris Carter will join us here. It's all happening on the Blitz on a Monday. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. You're listening to SNR.